All right, my, my partner told me I was rude for yawning when we were argue, arguing. I told them I wasn't yawning. I thought it was my turn to speak. <laughs> How about this one? When my wife and I argue, I usually get the last word. They are, I'm sorry, you're right. That's the last word. That's what some of the ladies are shaking their head. What do you got for us? A little boy asked his father, Daddy, how much does it cost to get married? Father replied, I don't know, son. I'm still paying. (laughs) Child's experience. If a mother is laughing at the father's jokes, it means they have guests. Wow, I don't like that one at all. I don't like that one at all. (laughs) Anyway, we titled this message, Best Friends. My wife and I are best friends, and of course, Jesus is the center of our relationship, and he's the best friend to us, and we just celebrated 43 years. We took a trip up to Mackinac Island. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Your prayers are greatly appreciated. God's given me amazing grace to live with this woman. No, I'm just teasing. Anyway, but we had a great time in Mackinac Island. Yeah, we did. I can't believe how fast time goes by. It's it amazing. Does. I mean, we, we, I met him when I was 16. He was 18. And we got married. Um, I was 18. He was 20. And I can just think, you know, I don't know why it is. Maybe God just wired me this way. Even at the age of 18, I was so aware of how precious life was and time is. And I, I always would hear that time goes so fast. And I remember being a young bride, and I would actually have moments where I would be alone in their apartment, and I would cry a little bit because I thought, Lord, thank you for the gift that you've given me and this husband, and our life is dedicated to you. And at times I just realized this is not going to last for forever. And I've just sort of been that way through our whole journey. And then we, he wanted to celebrate 43 years, and I, we talk a lot about our, our, our life and our journey together, and it's just incredible how fast it has gone. I know, it does. They wow. tell you when, uh, when, you're, when you're young, uh, enjoy it, it goes by so fast. Yeah, 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 and it does. It does. It does. Unbelievable. This is what it says on the Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 9. This is the man talking to the woman. He says this, you have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. Well, the Shulavith was not his literal physical sister. That'd be kind of creepy, right? Uh, But he called her my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes, with one link of your necklace. The term sister was a common expression of closeness and love. Sister was a term of endearment and emphasized the permanence of the relationship. A sister never stops being a sister. Solomon loves her with the passion of a spouse and with the friendship of a sister, a sibling. Blood is thicker than water. When your spouse is your friend or your sister, the relationship will never be broken. My sister, my spouse. And I think that's one of the wonderful, if, if, if you can develop that kind of a relationship with one another, that you just, you know, you don't have a relationship built on, you know, your goals or, you know, or just you know, whatever, but there's, there's a camaraderie, there's a companionship, there is a friendship that is meant to be developed. And I feel like we have done that in our, in our journey together in our married life. Absolutely. The curse of marriage is you're married and, and you're enemies with your spouse. It's just the killing fields, just fighting. I just can't think of hardly anything in life worse than that. And the tragedy of marriage would be being all alone, feeling very much alone. Yes, I remember a, a, a lady came and talked with me, and she's, she was married, and uh, they didn't have a, a real connection. They didn't have any type of uh, 
emotional intimacy or spiritual intimacy, no real conversation or the sharing of their life together. It's like two people living in the same house, yet uh, they're more like partners, working partners rather than a married couple. And uh, she just said, I just feel all alone. Even though she's married, she felt all alone. And that, that is a tragedy, isn't it? Life is, uh, you know, so short, and you think, oh, you know, we'll develop our friendship later. We've got all this stuff to take care of. And little do you know that it goes so fast, and you've wasted maybe the first five years, 10 years, 15 years, just being so focused in on your future and getting things and building your family. And then you, you get into that groove of never really developing a friendship together, and your life becomes maybe what you didn't want it to be. So friendship is important, and it's never too late. It's never too late to begin that kind of a relationship with one another. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about being best friends and and four ways to be best friends with your spouse. Number one is have fun together. My wife and I, we came up with a brand new vision statement. We had had one that lasted us for years and years. It's based on God speaking to my wife before we were ever married, that she would marry a man of God and together we will work for the Lord. And uh, that really was our vision is that we are going to work for the Lord. And uh, we just came up with a new one because of our age and uh, share with them that new vision statement. Together we will finish our race with joy. Together we will finish our race with joy. We're going to have fun. We're going to make sure we weave fun into our life. Yes. You know, as a matter of fact, he's so great about this. Sometimes, you know, you know, there might be a funeral on his day off, and Friday is his day off, and we go to a fu- we go and he does the funeral, and funerals are very heavy, and of course there's been loss and hearts are broken. But then he'll say, you know what? Let's go have some fun. Let's go out to eat. Let's go do something fun together. He, he just always does that. Let's turn this around and let's make this day fun. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, on the inside of every man is a little boy. It's true. It's true. What do little boys like to play? <laughs> yes, they I do. like to play. You but, definitely do. Uh, I do. <laughs> Ecclesiastes, <laughs> not. I like to play with you. Yes, I'm his. I'm his thing. He likes to play with. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And can't you tell how much he enjoys that? It's just, just brimming. You with, know, they always say brimming men, with joy. Uh, the difference between men and boys. You know, the size and the price of their toys. Well, I'm his thing that he plays with all the time. Yes, and you've cost me an arm and a leg. I'm just telling you. Listen to what it says in Ecclesiastes 9 9. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love. Enjoy life. They say having fun together dramatically improves your marriage, and I would agree with that. And they also say this, your marriage is in danger when you stop having fun together. Remember, I was counseling a couple, and they literally said this, we never do anything together that's fun. And I was thinking to myself, you know, when they said that, oh my gosh, my wife and I, we do fun stuff all all the time, just all the time. Like just yesterday. Uh, Jake and Hannah, uh, our, our kids, flew in with the grandkids. They got there Friday night, which is wonderful. And so they'll be here in the 11 a.m. service. And uh, so we got the whole family. The grandkids are there in our house. And Saturday morning came, and uh, they're going to spend the day with Jake's side of the family yesterday. So they ended up leaving uh, our house around 10 o'clock in the morning to go uh, be have breakfast with his side of the family, spend the day with his side of the family. And uh, we missed running on Friday because of the deluge. 
You know, God trying to go back on his word and destroy the earth with a flood. And so we didn't do our Kensington run. We like to run the island or run the island, run the park. We didn't do that. And so I'm thinking, okay, it's, it's already 10, about 10 o'clock. And there, I got a 1% chance that she'll have fun with me today by going to Kensington and running. Because it's a late start, the kids are here, grandkids are here, all that stuff. So I got a 1% chance. So she's in the kitchen. So I go in the kitchen. I said, Rhonda, uh, we could, if you want, go to Kensington and run. And she paused for a second, and my 1% went up to 5% chance. 5% I could chance. tell his eyes perked up. Ooh. <laughs> she's actually concerning this. So 1% went to 5%. And then fill in the rest of the story. Then it went from 1% to 100%. I said, let's go. Let's do let's it. Let's go. Let's do it. So we went out there. We were running that park. In the park. rain. In and the and rain. It, just, it started pouring down yeah. rain on us. But yeah. we were, we uh-huh. just enjoyed it. Had fun together. Yes. And one of the reasons I also was so willing to go is back in COVID when the gyms and everything was shut down, he found this thing online. It's a, like an exercise video that's called HasFit. Any of you ever heard of it? So we were doing all this during COVID, and I injured my hip one day at home working out with this crazy man. And so then I've had this injury in my hip since last November. So then every time I would try to run, all the piercing pain would just go up my hip, and oh, it was just awful. And I'm trying to run, and finally, 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 this hip finally got better, like a month ago. But the man loves to have fun. So I'm trying to do all this stuff with him with my hip killing me. So, you know, yesterday I've been feeling good. My Come hip doesn't on, hurt let's anymore. Let's go. I don't care. Yes, let's go do this. Even in the rain, I was ready to go. Oh, yes, she was. Yeah. And we had fun, didn't we? We did. That was awesome. And he's looking really good. I tell him, I say, you know, the HasFit was really working for you during COVID. Because when he's up here, you know, he's got the suit coat on. If he's got a little tum-tum, you can see it. And I tell him, you know, oh, you're looking good. You're looking lean. <laughs> Pray for me. But he likes that. He's like, oh, well, what else did you notice? Uh, well, she won't love me if I go bald and also and if I get a tummy. So, I mean, it's just... I'm praying over that. Pressure's huh? on. <laughs> pressure's on. Listen to this. Men love a recreational companion. Uh-huh. This is from the Exo Marriage Conference. Men want to be best friends with their wives. Come out of your world and into his. Go hunting with him. Go golfing. Go running. Don't forget that you're also your husband's buddy. Your husband will never be as open with you as when he's having fun with you. You'll be having fun and all of a sudden your husband just opens up because that's the way men are wired. The two times men are most likely to open up is when he's doing something fun with you and right after he's doing something fun with you. So we got some pictures of some of the stuff that we have fun. If we can see the first picture there. One of the things we like to do together, and uh, we're empty nesters, so we have a little bit more spending money, is we like to go out And to the eat. reason when we happen to have this picture is he and I go out for lunch every Friday, and he always takes a picture of me sitting in the restaurant booth, and I hold up my menu to let them know what restaurant I'm at, and we send this to our kids every Friday. And the thing is, is our day off is Friday, and their days off are Friday, and they used to be like, oh, happy for you guys. Have a great meal. And now they don't even respond to us. <laughs> they're like, just leave us alone. It's our day off. But he insists on sending them these pictures every Friday. Yeah, they're just jealous. They're just jealous. I know. Right, I the, do feel a little guilty sometimes. The next picture is, of course, we like to go bike riding. This is up in co- the mountains of Colorado. Uh, we, we rented these bikes, and we're going to, down the mountain. This is near Vail, Colorado. So we're going down that mountain. Yeah. And uh, we like to run. This is at Kensington, and it's a winter run. So uh, we don't let the winter stop us. We get all bundled up. And uh, I can't tell. It looks like that's after the run because look how red my 
I got my face got windburned. I think so. I, oh, I'm yeah. not drinking. I, I promise you that. And uh, this is vacation time. Love, that's Hilton Head. Hilton, Hilton Head. Hilton Head. Love Hilton Head. He directs me into the ocean. He makes I'm, me get in that ocean at least one time. Yeah, you're like in one inch of water. Oh, man. Yeah. She hates those sharks. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's vacation time uh, as well. Vacation time. Yeah. I was repping the house State hat. Did you see that? <laughs> that was awesome. He asked this perfect stranger to take our picture, and he kissed me. Uh-huh. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Look at that sunshine. I know. Isn't it's so gorgeous great? there. Love it. Anyway, so that's the first one. Have fun together. The second one is we talk to each other. We do talk to each other. We love to talk to each other in the morning. I'm, I'm a coffee freak. I love to get up early and get the coffee started, and I bring it in to him for both of us on a tray. I don't know why I do this. I, ha- I come in in the morning with his coffee mug and my coffee mug on the tray, and it's an Ohio State Buckeye tray. It's the way to my heart. And so I bring it into him. He takes his little cup of coffee. I put the tray down. I go around the other side of the bed. I slip back in under the sheets. And we love to just sit and just talk. We, a good at least half hour, 45 minutes. And mm-hmm. then he kicks me out because he has to get spiritual. Has to have his devotions. But we love to talk in the morning. We also love to talk in the evening. We just, we, we're, we're talkers. We are talkers. Which is really unusual because a lot of men don't like to talk. It's hard to get true. them to open up. But he's a talker. God is a talker. Listen to what Jesus says. In John 15, 15, I no longer call you slaves because the master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. So Jesus confided in and spoke everything he was commanded to speak. He called his disciples friends, best friends, share secrets, confide in each other. Reveal their heart, because in a marriage, that's supposed to be a safe place, right? A safe place. And so we do most of our time in morning time drinking that coffee. Also, when we're running, I don't know, we're running, and uh, it's long-distance running, so we got a lot of time out there. We'll just talk about things. We'll solve the world's problems. A lot of times when we're having, we're just doing something fun together, you know, it's not a heavy-duty situation. We're just out there together, and we find, I know, there's something interesting about when we run together. We just like to start talking about what we're thinking about Talk to me what the Lord's been speaking to your heart about. Just when we're just doing things together, having fun together, we just talk. Men open up when they're having fun. Yeah. That's right. We do. Yeah. We open up. We become talkative. Yeah. And it's important, you know, because... So wife, have fun with that husband of yours. You know, when you've got something on your heart or on your mind, you know, you have to wait for that right moment to be able to just bring that up. You just don't want to dump something heavy on your husband when he's just about to head out the door. And so, you know, when you have these times together, you can just sort of, you know, think about it. And, and it's a relaxing moment. And it's a good time to talk about things and just share your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't, you know, a lot of people, they're loners. They like to be alone. And if they have something discouraging in their heart, um, they can get depressed. Yeah. Um, you know, he, there's that phrase, you know, self-talk. And I heard a pastor talk about this one time. And he said, when, don't have that negative, depressed self-talk by yourself. It's okay to talk to yourself about positive, encouraging things. Think on things that are lovely and are of a good report. But don't do the self-talk when you're discouraged and depressed with yourself. Because when you do that, you chew on it, you swallow it, you bring it back up again. You ruminate on it. And like a, like a cow that ruminates and brings it back up again, it gets grosser and grosser every time. If you do that self, that discouraged self-talk by yourself... It will get grosser and grosser every time. And that's why it's good to be able to have 
a spouse that you can say, you know, I'm discouraged about something, or this is really getting to me or getting me down. I just need to talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of times I say, Rhonda, speak into my life. Yeah, and he she does. knows that means to to speak a word of encouragement. He does. Into my he life. wants me to just speak God things into his heart, and you know, give him a, a even like a word that I felt like the Lord has spoken to me. As a matter of fact, it was Father's Day, and there had been a verse that God spoke to me last July. I felt like God gave me a promise. And I held on to that promise, and I put it in his Father's Day card. I said, this is your gift today. This is one of your gifts. I gift you this promise from the Lord. This is a great promise. And he loved it. He's been pulling I, it up and talking like to me about it. So this is the man talking to the woman. Because we, we're, we're under the impression that men don't like to talk. But this is the man talking to the woman in Song of Solomon chapter 2, verse 14. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rocks, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face let me hear your voice. And you know, it's, it's, For your voice this, is sweet and your face is lovely. In the secret places. Mm-hmm. Those secrets that are on your heart. Yes. To be able to just look each other in the face and have a conversation but about But he those. wanted to talk to her. Isn't that unusual? He was the one who, was, yes. he was the one who would initiate mm-hmm. the conversations. Yes. And he was the one that would go after her and get her to open her heart up and have a conversation. But he talked about in these secret places. And you know how tragic it is when spouses live together and they just... They have these secrets that they hold in their heart, mm-hmm. and they never share it with their spouse. Yeah, that is said. That is said. Okay, so we talked about becoming best friends. You, you have fun together, uh-huh. and uh, you talk to each other. This isn't a deep message, but it's helpful. It's helpful. And the third one is you faithfully love each other. Listen yes. to what it says. Yeah. A friend loves, and you're my friend. Thank a you. friend loves at all times, good times, bad times. Through the years, times, in different seasons of times. A friend loves at all times. A best friend loves at all times. When we do the vows, talking about all times, do you solemnly promise before God and these witnesses that you will love your spouse in sickness and in health, in testing and in prosperity, until the Lord shall come? Or death shall separate us. So that talks about all times, right? Tell them about that the story of Hudson Taylor and his wife. I read the most touching story. I don't know if you're familiar with Hudson Taylor. He was a missionary to China back in the 1800s. And he married a young woman named Maria. And they had a very, very challenging life together. Just talking about being married and going through hardship. And the article said... That one of the cords, one of the cords in that threefold cord marriage that they had was always suffering. There was always some kind of suffering in their life together. When they got married, their life was very hard and difficult and challenging as missionaries in China because obviously it's China. And they experienced a lot of resistance and a lot of persecution. There was one time where she was up in a, in a building and with her husband and other people because there was a mob that had surrounded this building that they were in in China, and she had to jump out of a window several stories down when she was pregnant to be able to escape persecution. And it just never left them. There was always something. Um, she had six children, and four of them died. And so there was the persecution of the unbelievers in China, and there was the hardships of trying to be missionaries in a foreign land. There was the the tragedies and the sadness of losing children. And she died at age 33. And he loved her, and she loved him. And I just want to read a little something-something to you. 
This is, an, this is from a, an account. It's, the date is July 23rd, 1870. This would be their last day together, at least for now. That her God had come to bring his daughter home. The heartbroken husband watched as her renowned strength and vitality retreated from her still young body. She was just 33. And this is Hudson talking to her. My darling, are you conscious that you are dying? Dying? Do you think so? Yes. You're going home. You will soon be with Jesus. And she says, I'm so sorry. You are, and then he says to her, you are not sorry to go to be with Jesus. Oh, no, it's not that. You know, darling. And she just begins to share with him how much she wished she could stay and be with him and help him. And one of the last things she says to him before she leaves the earth is she says, never a cloud. And what she meant by that was, in spite of everything they had suffered and gone through their whole time together in marriage, she said, there was never a cloud over our life. She didn't see it as dark and painful. She just had a heart that loved Jesus and loved her husband. And they were able to be married, go through life together, and not lose that love for Jesus and that love for one another. And you know, when you go through things as a married couple, I've, I've discovered this. You can make a choice, and you can do this if you're not careful. You can abandon one another emotionally. You can abandon one another emotionally. You can just lock up, shut down, and make create emotional space between each other. And also, you can abandon one another spiritually. But they went through such tragedy and such persecution and hardships that never left their life. But yet, she never abandoned him emotionally or spiritually. Her last words were, she, you know, she just loved him and loved Jesus so much. That's great. Never a cloud. Never a cloud. No, that's quite the testimony. Isn't that awesome? And, you know, we're all going to go through stuff in married life. And we're going to have to face difficulties and suffering and sometimes tragedies and hardships. But I, I'm determined to love Jesus with all my heart and never lose my passion for him and to love my husband. And together we will finish, finish our, our race, race with, with joy. joy. Yeah, there we go. We got to yes. finish our race. You know, life can mold you and shape you and you can get all heavy and everything's always so serious, everything's so hard. But I don't know, that's just not what we want. We just want to have joy and we want to love the Lord and we want to get through things and we want to we don't want to be the worse for it. We want to get better. Mhm. And learn. Learn how to not abandon one another emotionally or spiritually. And learn how to have a better marriage. So a friend loves at all times. At all times. Even the seasons of life. are very. Let's see a couple of these pictures. Our first season of life. There we are getting married. Can you believe that? That's my $99 JCPenney off the rack wedding dress. Thank you, Jesus. My dad took me and bought me that suit. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, I weighed 140, 140 pounds when I wore yeah. that suit. And needless to say, I didn't wear it for very long. But as a three-piece yeah. suit with a wide tie, I looked pretty sharp And he there. had mono. He was recovering from mono. So he was so, he was so tired and feeling so bad, he almost fainted when he kneeled on the steps to have prayer. <laughs> uh, good times. Good, good times. times. Good times. Oh, and here this. we are through the transition, having uh-huh. children. Uh-huh. That's quite the, quite the hair gig out there going there, Rhonda. Thank and I'm you. sporting the mustache. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's little Hannah, little Luke. I still have those green chairs. 
They're in my house. Those things are 43 years old. And they're still hanging on. They're still hanging on. <laughs> and there we are. Just recent, yeah. Transitions. We're now empty nesters, yeah, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, that was, that was, uh, that was, was Mother's that? Day. Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day. Last month. Praise the Lord. All right. Serving. Oh, but before we get into this one, talking about faithfully loving each other. I love this passage out of the book of Ruth where she says, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn your back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. And that's why you always go with me on all my trips. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. My wife is so interested. She always wants to go with me. She loves spending time with me. I asked her, don't you get tired of me? She says, no, I don't. Because I really, honestly, I'm not that interesting. And uh, so, but we, 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 the Lord's given us a, a blessed life. We've been able to travel to 16 different nations preaching the gospel. And she always wants to go. If I go, she's going. She doesn't want to miss out. And which is wonderful. I'd rather have share a room with her than a room with a guy. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. And uh, also... She likes to go with me if I exercise. If I'm going, she's going. Matter of fact, you know, we, we've, we've run marathons, and she doesn't ever want to run another marathon. They're, they're hard. They're 26-mile runs. They're hard. And, but I do know this, that if I said, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to do it, and I say, and you can just go and hold the bag and cheer me on, she would hate that because she would feel like she's missing out and you'd get your old tired old body out there and you'd start trying to run and train with me, wouldn't you? I would. I'm sick. You are sick. You are sick. So uh-huh. I wanted to, in the presence of all these people, to make this commitment no, no. since you've already no, said that no. you will do this. No. How many are ready to make this commitment? To hear this commitment? Rhonda, I am committing. Before God, and no, I'm just teasing you. I, I, I had you going. Didn't My I? only saving grace has been his knees have worn out and he can't do marathons anymore. That's the only thing that has saved me. Uh, there's a lot of truth to that. Oh. All right. Uh, the final point on, having, uh, on being best friends is to serve the Lord together. Like I said, the Lord spoke to my wife in the very beginning before we ever met that we shall marry a man of God and together you will work for the Lord. And, uh, you know, when you serve the Lord together, it creates spiritual intimacy, doesn't it? It really does. We got some scripture verses of this wonderful couple in the New Testament, Aquila and Priscilla. When I first read them, I didn't know which one was the guy and which one was the girl. You know, Aquila and Priscilla, such strange names. But Aquila is the husband, Priscilla is the woman. And uh, I think we have these. Uh, Yes, in Acts chapter 18, verse 2, it says, The churches of Asia... There, verse 2. Back to the... uh, Acts chapter 18, verse 2. Come on, you can do it. There we go. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So right there, these two, they were Christians, and uh, they were kicked out of Rome because of persecution. But you know, they're serving the Lord. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. This is Apollos. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So this is them ministering to a man named Apollos, who was a wonderful, wonderful uh, speaker. And uh, as they're ministering him and teaching him, they're doing it together. So they're serving the Lord together. Our next verse is 
Romans chapter 16, verse 3. It says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. And then there's 1 Corinthians 16, 19. The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. So now they have a church in their house. And of course, that's Paul writing to Corinth, and, uh, which is awesome right there. And then I think there's one final one. The last book that he wrote, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul writing right before he's martyred. This is about the middle of AD 66, approximately, is when he was martyred. Greet Prissa and Aquila and the household of of Onesiphorus. And so we have a whole, from about AD 50 to AD 66, all those verses. That's about 16-year timeline there. We see Aquila and Priscilla serving the Lord together, teaching the word together, having a church in their house together, fleeing persecution together. They're just together, serving the Lord together. That's what we've done. We've served the Lord together. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do, right? Yeah, and that's, was, that was God's plan for our life. And to, I said to um, a pastor friend of ours, we were just got together with Pastor Dominic and Amir Russo the other night, and, and I said, you know, when you're young and you're starting out in the Lord, you just lay your life down and you say, God, we give you our life. And I said, here we are after 43 years of marriage, and being in ministry all these years, and I said to Dominic, Pastor Dominic, I said, we truly have done that. We have served the Lord our entire life together. It's not just a concept. It's not a prayer that I need to pray. We've done it. And amazing grace that God has just given us the grace and the the sustaining power and perseverance to just stay faithful Mm -hmm. to the Lord and to one another. Yes, yes. And listen to this wonderful statistic, the the power of of serving the Lord together. Couples that pray together reduce their chance for divorce to one in 10,000. Wow, one in 10. I mean, the divorce rate, if you count first-time marriages, second-time marriages, third-time marriages, the divorce rate is 50% in America. Couples that pray together reduce their divorce rate to one in 10,000. That's the power of spiritual intimacy. You know, the, like Ecclesiastes talks about the threefold strand, uh, you know, uh, my wife, me, that third strand is uh, the Lord in the center of our relationship. When you serve the Lord together, create spiritual intimacy, uh, serving the Lord, common values. There's so many things that just glue you together, cleave you together. You know, you think about your relationship with the Lord and you think about your uh, commitment and relationship to the church and the body of Christ. But in marriage, there, there is a, a, a relationship of accountability, commitment to one another and to the Lord. And to have that prayer time and that, 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 that knitting together in, in the things of God and, and, and interceding together and seeking the Lord together, that builds something in your life that this world knows nothing of. Mm-hmm. You know, it cracks me up when you hear marriage advice from people who don't know the Lord. And they have all these exterior things that they're, that they're trying to get good at. But there's something about the Holy Spirit in your relationship with one another. And when you, when you pray together and you seek the Lord together... It is uncanny to me because I can be talking to the Lord about some things that are burdening my heart, and he'll, he'll just begin to start working in my husband's heart. And just that, that dynamic of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so we, we talked about four areas, all right, about being best friends. And I want you to think, which one of these four is your strongest as a couple? Which one would you say would be your weakest? 
having fun together, talking to each other, faithfully loving each other, and serving the Lord together. Well, thankfully, we're pretty strong in all four, I think. But sometimes you can have a weakness. Maybe you don't communicate well with each other. You can work on that. Or maybe you're so busy, you know, raising your family. You're just so busy with work that uh, you don't have fun together. There's nothing you do together that's fun. Or, or maybe you're having trouble with transitions in life, perhaps. Or even serving the Lord together. I, I just love when I see uh, a husband or wife here at the church just being a team, you know, serving the Lord. That's just wonderful. They're just serving God together. So which one do you feel like you need to, to do better at, to improve at? Of those four, let me go through them again. Having fun together, talking to each other, faithfully loving each other, and serving the Lord together. Which of those four would you say is your strongest, which is your weakest, and then have God work on you. Pray, pray for the couples, all right? Father, I hold every couple before you in this room. And Lord, you know who they are. I ask, Lord, that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your hand is upon them. Holy Spirit, descend upon them and cover them. Orchestrate their conversations when they're together. Give them a desire, Lord, to be able to just look at their life together, a desire to be able to just say, why don't we just do this? Or why don't we get better at that? But Lord, I just pray. I pray for the wooing and the drawing of the Holy Spirit when hearts want to get hard and want to close down towards each other, even towards you. Holy Spirit, just bring a fresh new anointing into their journey with you. I pray that they will know what it means to serve the Lord together, to fulfill the will of God in their lifetime together. What a legacy, God. What a legacy to have, to leave behind as a couple who served the Lord together. Oh, Lord, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, With your head still bowed, I just want to give a call to, to salvation for any that might be here this morning. And uh, you're just far from God. You're not sure you know God. You're not sure if you die, where you'll spend eternity. You're not ready to meet God, to face his judgment. But today is your day, and you're here at church, and God is dealing with you. And I want to say a prayer. A prayer would be a prayer of commitment to Christ of opening up your heart to receive Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Tim, I want you to include me in that prayer. I'm ready to receive Christ as my Savior. I'm ready to commit my life to Christ. If you want me to include you in that prayer, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand and I'll include you in that prayer. Just lift your hand up. We'll pray. We'll pray together. All right. Very good. Let's all stand. Let's close by worshiping the Lord. Can we do that? We just wanted to bring this message and I hope it was a blessing to you and encouragement to you. So God bless you today. Thank you, Ron. You did great as usual. And let's worship the Lord.